Hold on. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Modern Day Atheism. Remember that Modern Day Atheism, uh, while it goes out live now on Fridays, that is going to be a permanent thing. So uh, people can be mad if they need to be. Uh, uh, modern Day. Oh, man. My, my yeah, monitor yeah. got stuck in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the wires all stuck up. Uh, uh, Modern Day Atheism will uh, now be going out on uh, uh, Fridays, and then it will appear on the Apple iTunes uh, uh, podcast and Google Play and all those other places like Stitcher, which supposedly exists. Um, the, it, it'll be <laughs> in all those places. Also Spotify on uh, Monday morning uh let me bring in the wonderful and and amazing shannon q who is, is apparently overheating I'm myself. <laughs> <Lights are hot. laughs> so would you say Hi. that you are a fangirl huh? i am totes a fangirl don't totes make the same joke you made earlier i can't deal with it <laughs> i did it off air you weren't supposed to bring attention <laughs> to that part Listen, you did it you brought it back up you relived the moment so that's on kyle, you kyle and i do that all the time where we make puns and stuff because we'll meet up like a half hour before the show and decide what the show's going to be about basically <laughs> that uh, sounds right that checks yeah. out with what i know of both of you that's yep. that checks out <laughs> yep 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 i'm rarely late so that should tell you how good i am at putting together things like super super last minute um but yeah, we'll often like whatever jokes or puns and sometimes we'll even like discuss like we'll have some kind of conflict. We'll be arguing about like, no, 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 no. And then we'll realize how good the argument is and we'll just be like, whoa, whoa wait, let's do this on air. Hold off. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, I don't know if you saw the infamous air fryer conversation. Uh, I didn't, I don't think. That started as an... That started as an off-air conflict, and we uh, we brought it on air very naturally, like it hadn't happened. Air fryers are great. Paul has one. Paul, oh. here, Paul has one. He cooks wings in them, and there's it's really they're really so, good. So they're I just have like they were I have the Ninja Foodie, which is an it, it's a pressure cooker and an air fryer. You just have to change the lid. So I will like I'll put chicken in there and I'll pressure cook it to make it all wet and moist and delicious and then you uh switch the lid to air fry and make the outside not soggy because if you just if you just like do the uh uh, uh pressure cooker it, it can be a bit soggy it's the perfect combination it all sounds really good i don't know who would why would anybody go up against that yeah it's like i'm on that team i'm, for, he, I'm about that he was opposed to it being called a fryer in the end because of his like chef narcissism, <laughs> he got all chefy. He got all chefy on it. All right, let's. That's an elitist. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's introduce the topic, uh, and we should say before we get started that uh, we're going to be reading people's stories of times that uh, uh, whether it was religion or an authority figure, a parent or whatever, that they were expected to forgive somebody and having read through a good three dozen of these things because I apparently wanted to put myself in a really bad mood this afternoon. Uh, uh, the content of some of these are graphic. Uh, the themes of them are certainly intense. I will tell you that if you have uh, PTSD or any sort of related thing uh, uh, from 
having been particularly sexually assaulted. Uh, that's going to be a recurring theme. Uh, basically, anybody who might be sensitive to those specific topics, this might not be the show for you, or you might want to watch it later when you have uh, uh, done what you need to be in the appropriate headspace. Because while we are going to be talking about it, it's not like we're going to be talking about it and be like, hey, here's a list of awesome things that happen to people, quite the opposite, and uh, trying to respond in a way that will be useful and resourceful to the people who watch and listen. Uh, but if you aren't in that headspace right now and, and prepared for it, we want to give you all of the warning in the world uh, so that you know to maybe come back later or if, if needs be, not watch at all, which, you know, I don't love telling people not to watch the show. Uh, it's not my not my favorite thing to do. But it, as somebody who has to deal with my own mental health stuff, uh, I totally understand that there there are sometimes themes and especially headspaces you have to be in to be prepared. I had to be prepared. I had to get in the right headspace just to make the episode. Um, any notes on on any of that you want to add there? No, I appreciate you doing it. If we're going to have a conversation about how people essentially forcing um, plans, recovery plans onto people and it's insisting that recovery needs to look a certain way for people, if we put people who are potentially on that path um, in a place where they're going to be in a detrimental space, we would be yeah. contra to exactly what we're attempting to oppose here. Right. I think that what we're going to say is incredibly valuable. So I do hope that you find a way to get in that headspace because we're essentially advocating for for people who are potentially like you to 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 advocate for more control and understand the things that are happening to them in recovery spaces. Right. Uh, so it, it it would be valuable for you, but until you feel as though that you're in a position to receive that information in a comfortable space, I agree with Jimmy. And um, yeah, on yeah, so the other hand of this will be that there may be some of you that this is what you need to hear because you're going to get to hear what is probably from the perhaps for the first time ever when discussing this with people because this is a go-to and it it is leaked its way into the atheist world because it's kind of one of those like judeo-christian values that uh we just take as a given uh without really much assessment this concept of basically like nothing is worse than you not forgiving people even if that comes down to like it not forgiving someone is worse than what they may have done to you. That sort of theme has popped up in society a lot. So it may be the first time that you're going to hear. I, I don't know the Shannon's going to word it in very elegant ways. Uh, as you oh, can no tell, sure. <laughs> I, I'm more just referring to like the ways like you titled your episode on your channel. Uh, mm. And I think you called it something like talking forgiveness or something. Whereas on my channel, uh, this show is called You Don't Have to Forgive Shit, and shit <laughs> is capitalized. Uh, so there's, We have similar there's, perspectives, but different approaches. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Approaches. For Almost some of you, I'm going I'm to be here to swear and be annoyed and go, what the fuck, after I read these stories. Shannon will give the, uh, uh, the intellectual and academic responses, and I will vomit frustration and anger. Because 
that's just my whole channel. I think I, th you know what? I'm just going to clip out it's that. I don't have, I don't have a channel trailer. I don't know if uh, uh, a lot of channels have trailers. I don't have a channel trailer. I'm just going to clip out that thing about puking up reaction. Bomb, and that's, that's frustration and anger. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Atheist. I'm Mr. Atheist. Let's, oh, I was going to, I was going to make a gag noise, but I also remembered that, uh, I've, that's another thing that I'm actually mindful of because I have a lot of people who come here because I'm chronically ill and they're chronically ill, uh, and a lot of them have have their sympathetic pukers. Uh, and the first time I made a gag noise, a few people were like, "Hey, don't mean to be like I'm not mad at you and stuff. Just like, could you give us a warning next time or something?" I got like a bunch of people that were like, "Those gagging noises made me go basically throw up." So I've been avoiding doing that now too. So maybe I won't I won't put that on my. Uh, I won't put that on my on my channel trailer. Um, do you want to give a brief synopsis before we get started? So Shannon made on her channel a video about the concept of forgiveness. Just give a like 30 second trailer of that video of what's in it and such so that people know when the show's over uh, or if they're if they're listening on the podcast later or whatever uh, to go find uh, on your channel, on Shannon Q. I'll add the link to the description because I should have already thought of that. Uh, in fact, I'll probably work on that while you're while you're doing it. So maybe do a 60-second trailer on what that video is about. Okay, so I recently did a video that is called Why Forgiveness is Your Cross to Bear. It's a part of my How to Be a Christian Counselor series. In that series, I look specifically at one sect of Christian counseling, uh, NCA, NCCA certified Christian counselors. And um, but this holds true for most Christian or religious driven counseling services and also for some secular counseling and therapeutic services, unfortunately. But there seems to be an imperative of forgiveness when somebody has suffered severe mental, emotional or physical trauma. And it's positioned to the victim as though it's a necessity for recovery in order to let go of animosity when those things can be done without the concept of forgiveness being introduced as a mandate. Now, I go in a little more in depth in the video. The video is about 20 minutes long, so I'm not going to be able to give a full synopsis here, but forgiveness is not detrimental in and of itself. Forgiveness can be an incredibly beneficial component for um, client. Okay. Very sorry. Uh, theoretically, hopefully you are now all seeing me again. Uh, let me work on getting Shannon back in here. We did drop a lot of you, uh, which is a huge bummer, but, uh, uh, we are getting the stream back up and going just had a random power outage here. Unfortunately, these kinds of things do happen. Uh, but yeah, random, uh, random power outage. Let me send a new call to Shannon here and uh we will get get everything back up and running really 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 sorry that's very fresh so they're doing um they're doing power work or not power specifically but they're doing construction above me and this happened once earlier today i thought things were safe because it uh hadn't happened um since then uh but unfortunately it uh it did happen again so uh we're just waiting to get shannon back here and we will uh, we will keep going. Big, big sorry 
like I said, unfortunately, we lost a number of you here, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring some people back in. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> never fun. Never fun when tech stuff happens. Okay, Shannon is back. I'm going to put you on even though your green screen is showing at the moment. I'll <laughs> fix that after uh, as we get going here. But yeah, unfortunately, power outage. I thought I was safe, was not safe. Uh, uh, that's, you know, going to be really good for the podcast end of things too. I'll just have to go in and edit it out basically. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, uh, we the, the moment uh, uh, it cut out, should be the moment that the stream was lost. So if you want to finish up your uh, your synopsis, because I still need to add your link also uh, to the description. Okay, uh, I'm not sure exactly where I left off. I'll try to be very concise. Um, so essentially, my video had to do with the concept of forgiveness as a mandate in in a lot of Judeo-Christian therapeutic and counseling structures. Forgiveness after traumatic traumatic events is introduced as a mandate. You have to forgive the person. You you in order for you to be able to progress, in order for you to be able to let go of any sort of animosity and move on, you're introduced to the concept of forgiveness as a mandate. And that can be incredibly detrimental because if forgiveness is a mandate and you're not in a space where you feel as though, let's say, for example, your perpetrator has um, been has received justice like perhaps they walked away with no consequences uh it would be very very difficult for you to be the person who's responsible for absolving them and that's what it can seem like it, it can seem as though you are invalidating what happened to you and now have become responsible for absolving the person who put you in that situation to begin with and if somebody is not ready for that and it is pressed upon them, it can be incredibly, incredibly detrimental and essentially push them further down into a hole of self-assessment and despair that they're already attempting to claw their way out of. So that is the brief synopsis of my video, but it goes a little bit more in depth. And I'm sure as we go yeah. over some of everybody's stories that they were kind enough to share and i appreciate you all sharing them i know it couldn't have been easy so thank you very much for being willing to be open with us in the hopes that others may be able to learn and benefit from your experiences we'll go a little further in depth right yeah it definitely was a big deal i i almost felt bad putting the prompt out saying and and i started with if you're comfortable doing this um yeah. and obviously that was a because this is a big deal and i'll tell you like for myself, growing up Mormon, forgiveness was a central theme of that as well. And there was so often the case of, of many of these stories, in fact, come from ex-Mormons who, uh, especially women that were assaulted by another church member and basically told, like, if you don't forgive them, now you're sinning as bad as they are kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, not, not just that this is what you need to heal, but actually like the act of not forgiving them is going to, is going to affect your salvation too. It's good that you're in the wrong for it. Um, and adding an incremental pressure to somebody who's already in that emotional state through no fault of their own yeah. is a tragedy. You should not be responsible for the absolution of your transgressor. It's their job to deserve absolution. It is not your job to grant it to right. them right 
Um, the uh, uh, yeah, that's so that's an interesting concept too that I almost wonder about talking about. Uh, uh, let's not go too in depth because I want to get to these stories, but there's been this interesting thing where uh, I so I think about I've talked a ton on this channel about what what just a sack of shit I used to be uh, and. When I was younger, I was in what ended up being a mutually abusive relationship, uh, not physical, but all the other fun kinds, um, uh, a mutually abusive relationship. However, because I was also like a couple years older than her, we were both kind of like figuring out things about our life. I, I think I led a lot of it and take most of the responsibility for how toxic and terrible that relationship was. Uh, and now here in my later years, I know like an important part of her recovery has been that, and it actually, it, it kind of taught me uh, myself, I didn't want it this way at the time, but that when you have a breakup like that, especially one that's a rough breakup, the best thing for me anyway, is to isolate totally from the other person. No, just no contact for at least some level of time. And I know that was really important for her and her recovery. Uh, and it's kind of one of these things where it's like years later, now that I'm not such like a sack of shit, I'd kind of love the opportunity to show her that. But because like for me, I feel like that's not my place. Like she needs the isolation from me to if ever she came and was like, hey, I wanted to discuss and, and do an autopsy on our on our shit relationship from the past, I'd be happy to. But. Uh, I think I think there's also a level of like there are people who when they do feel bad about something because of this forgiveness thing, they feel a level of entitlement to some kind of like follow up conversation, some kind of like, well, things did go bad. Now I've seen the light. Now you owe me the chance to uh, uh, try and make those things right. And even that, like in my own life, I had to recognize I was feeling that way and that that was wrong. Uh, and I think I, I think even that is wrong. The the feeling entitled to be forgiven uh, when you did something. It's good for you to be a better person, but nobody owes you shit, especially if you fucked them over. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I don't think anybody owes you anything. You, people don't have to forgive you for the things that they did. If, recovery from traumatic experiences is an incredibly individualized process. So what recovery from trauma would look like for me and what recovery from trauma would look like for you, for us to get to the other end and be where we want to be, could be inc incredibly different journeys. For me, forgiveness could be a crucial component. Uh, yeah. I, it could be something that because of m my cognitive state, the mental space that I'm in and, and how I, I socialize or engage is something that I personally need in order to move forward. And if that and if that's the case, then that's fantastic. And you should be able to go through that guided process and and do so in a healthy fashion. Right. But if that's what you want, if it's directed by you. But when you enter into a therapeutic process and you're not in a healthy emotional place about what has happened to you and you haven't gone through all of the steps that you need in order to fully cope with, understand with, incorporate and move forward with the incorporation of, of what's happened to you as part of your new self, somebody consistently pressing you that you need to forgive in order to move forward 
is right. placing an additional external pressure that's not helping you in the process. It's actually hindering you. So if somebody came, if you were, if, if you were in an incredibly poor emotional space and weren't able, like were able to move on, but you had a trigger and that trigger was seeing or interacting with that transgressor and you were able to be okay solely because you know that you're away from that person and they're a trigger for fear and then that person is reintroduced to you that could be a massive backslide right. that is about to take place that's that's thrust upon you and especially if it's thrust upon you by that person showing up and being like hey i'm cool now right and i'm gonna make it up to you you, they have no reason to trust you. You may be cool now, you may be better, and you may legitimately be wanting to make it up to that person, Yeah. but they don't know that, and they may never know that, and you have to accept that that's okay. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, uh, to, trust to me, it, it reminds me of like drug recovery and my own drug recovery uh, from my younger years and wilder college years and such. Um, yeah. Like, I'm not going to forgive cocaine and now start hanging around cocaine again because you don't put yourself in those situations that that are the same patterns. When I quit, when I quit drugs uh, uh, and it was at the time a lot of uppers, um, I not only stopped the drugs, I stopped the people I was hanging around uh, mm -hmm. and and the situations that often led to that. And that's been why I haven't relapsed once. And it's now something like seven years behind me. Um, I think you may I, be overlapping the concepts of forgiveness and reconciliation there a little bit. Sure, probably. Because you can you can uh, uh, forgive a person that you never ever 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 see again. You can forgive a person who's passed away, mm -hmm. for example. So, so they're not going to be reintroduced to your space, right? Or incorporated into your life again. But you can forgive them as as an exercise for yourself and that's perfectly fine and incredibly valid and a, a wonderful thing if you can do it like my, my overall point is that it's when it's proposed as a mandate right that is a bad idea so so in thinking of actual specific not related to the drugs now and thinking of specific things that i went through uh when mm -hmm. i was in my youths uh with family members so uh my family they they still brag about and and the kids are expected to recite it at a at a at a drop of a hat that the number one family rule in our household is loyalty and that came with when we were slighted or abused or whatever else by our siblings and in my case some of the things were rather severe uh that we were expected to get over that so forgiveness and reconciliation went hand in hand in the application from like my family standpoint, because now this person who does not deserve to be around me any anymore, not only am I expected to be around them, I'm expected to be kind and, and familial with them. I'm expected to embrace them and, and, and spend time and, and that sort of thing. And so that's where I, I think I was crossing the uh, forgiveness and reconciliation lines together because that was in effect because of this family loyalty my my family is ran like the mob <laughs> like loyalty first yeah. i've 
I've literally heard the lectures of we don't call the cops on family. Like it's literally the mob. Uh, uh, and so that's where I think I was crossing those things together. Yeah, it's group protection at the detriment and expense of any individual amongst that group. Yeah, I'm really exactly. sorry you have to go through that, Jimmy. It breaks my heart. Anymore, it's it's literally just like no, I'm not going to. There's nothing left that the members of my the members of my family that I do get along with, I get along with. Uh, uh, and there's like one member of my family who keeps trying to force this other person back into my life, who I have cut out of my life and explicitly right. said, when I'm around, don't invite them over. When I'm right. trying to find a solution to something, don't bring them into the mix. And they keep trying to force them in. But now at this point, like. There's a time in my life where certain members of my family would have used like, well, you need X from us. So you're going to to run. You're going to be in this family on our terms. I don't I don't need anything from my family anymore. If they were to cut me off tomorrow, my lifestyle wouldn't change at all. So now the nice part is that I'm in a situation where I get to control who's in my life and who isn't. But I wasn't always. And I guess part of the reason we're doing this episode is because a lot of people aren't in that situation. Um, right. So let's, uh, I guess let's get started in reading these. Uh, oh. This is where things will get a little more intense. Uh, so once again, a content warning, <coughs> warning, very sensitive stuff here. There will be themes of assault. Uh, to quick answer the question somebody asked earlier when I said uh, it wasn't physically abusive, but it was all the other kinds somebody asked in response if I'm saying it was sexually abusive. Uh, no, that relationship wasn't. In my mind, physically, it, it, sexually abusive would have been a subset of physical abuse. Uh, the nice thing for me is that no matter how toxic and a piece of shit person I was, uh, my uh, my kink, if you will, has always been intimacy, and it's really, really hard to to have intimacy without enthusiastic consent. So that's like the one thing I was spared on uh, is never being particularly interested in having sex with somebody who wasn't way into it uh, with me too. Uh, uh, got lucky there because I definitely was levels of toxic and and learned to be a manipulative asshole to get the things I wanted uh, from from the kind of upbringing and life I had. Um, all right, we will start here with this first story. A religious friend told me that my health problems were due to the fact that I had not yet forgiven the man that molested me as a child. She said that in order to be healthy, I had to see the situation from his point of view. Then apparently my autoimmune disease would be cured. No. This is, this, this is just getting started. <laughs> this is, yeah. Um, that is so much to unpack already. Like, just that is levels of wrong, just in, intense levels of wrong for starters. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't even know where to start. There's so many things. I'm going to end up crying on the streets. So, I have autoimmune disorders too. I have multiple sclerosis, transverse myelitis, I have psoriasis, I have asthma. I'm a mess. I'm an autoimmune disaster. But Things that can exacerbate autoimmune disorder are, you know, stress and anxiety. Those are things that can exacerbate specific types of autoimmune disorders. So here's the thing with a lot of uh, what these people say. There's there's always that little grain of common sense, surface value truth that the narrative is is built around. Now, being able to mitigate your stress and anxiety could potentially be beneficial for 
relieving some of or alleviating some of the symptoms of an autoimmune disease. Just because being in a healthy emotional state puts less stress on your body and your autoimmune system will be a little bit more calm. You'll have better sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, conflating that with right. saying that in order to be in that position, you have to do X is just patently false. It's patently right. false. You're asserting, essentially, that if you forgive this person, then you'll alleviate that anxiety and that will potentially alleviate some of your phys physiological symptoms. If you were in the right place and that's what you needed to do, then sure. But if you're not in that place, what you need to do is not forgive that person. What you need to do is find ways to mitigate and understand your emotional faculties as they pertain to that situation. So that right. doesn't mandate forgiveness. I'm going to say that over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Not, I'm not against the concept of forgiveness. I think it can right. be definitely beneficial, but it does not mandate forgiveness. Forgiveness is for you when you're ready. It belongs to you. Exactly. And if you're not ready, it will, it will increase your anxiety and actually have a detrimental effect because you will start to internalize. You will start to say, well, why can't I forgive? What's wrong with me? But was this my fault? Should I be forgiving them? Why do I have stress when I think about forgiving them? Am I a bad person? These are the things, these are the types of things that will go through your head if you're not ready and you're attempting to force yourself to, which will only increase your anxiety. So I guess the long and short of it is that that person is wrong and yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Shannon and I are not advocating that you should never forgive anyone. It's certainly not that kind of like, you don't have to forgive shit, so don't. Uh, uh, it's it's literally the concept. Yeah, it's, it's only this idea that it is man mandatory and it is peddled uh, often by as a religious good uh, uh, mm -hmm. that it's going to bring you something. Uh, better and the and the problem is is that also the other thing that can happen with like like with me and the things I had to deal with in my childhood was forgiveness was something that was mandated of me so it it happened and then I set myself up for cycles of repetition uh, uh, because you're also often taught in these things like you're being forgiven or you're forgiving them as part of like their growth too and they're going to get better and so then uh, uh, these these things also turn around where you start to question when bad things keep happening to you in what appears to be a pattern, what's wrong with you? And I think this next story actually kind of gets to that uh, idea a little bit. Uh, this one is after admitting to being molested by a camp counselor when, uh, and says I was 11, during confession, I was told to repent for any sin I may have done to tempt him and that I should pray for his recovery instead of my own. This is this isn't even so there's this concept that's already bad from religion of original sin that because of somebody who lived 6000 years ago, allegedly um, uh, uh, 6000 years ago uh, that we carry that sin. But now it's another level of, of sin transference that when we are slighted, the responsibility for that sin falls on us as well, which is minimum at at minimum absurd uh but in in practicality rage inducing put yourself in a position of recovery too if you're in a position 
where you've suffered, I'm sorry, I keep fanning myself, the slides are super hot, but if you're in a position where you are attempting to move beyond something that has happened to you, something that's incredibly traumatic, something that you didn't bring upon yourself, somebody transgressed against you, and the messages that you're receiving through the recovery process are that you need to analyze the components of yourself that brought that on. You're essentially putting somebody in a position where they're open up to more victimization. Because if they see it as being their fault, by default, that can at least partially absolve the person that transgressed against them. And if it partially absolves or fully in their mind absolves the person that transgresses against them because they take the fault onto themselves, they're, they're ripe for the picking at that point. They can't move past it because it's become internalized fault. They're not able to work on the feelings, emotions, physiological symptoms that that trauma has caused them, right. but rather they, they feel as though it's something that they brought upon themselves. So they start to work on how they behave to please other people or to avoid that situation as opposed to moving on with their life. It's, it's enabling abusers to find more people to abuse and be able to walk away from it. The, so I, I don't even want to read the next one to you. You're going to be so mad. I'm already uh, like not okay. <laughs> did you did you screen any of these before we watched? I did it's, not. I didn't. Yeah. No, I was at work all day and I was with my little guy. I didn't have a chance. I yeah. You should have meditated or something before. I had to get in the headspace for this. I was assaulted when I was 14, and my pastor made me apologize to my dad because no. I let my because I let my purity be taken from me. Now this I'm isn't so quite. A, yeah, this is this is. <laughs> again I'm so sorry. projecting onto the victim that now they've done something wrong and not only did they it sound like do something wrong to the abuser but they've done something to their father for which they need to apologize now this goes to a concept we're talking about on this channel all the time uh this sort of uh uh <laughs> masculine ownership of all women uh that that if if you are if you are uh uh female that your purity quote unquote you are the literal property of your father until he transfers that to your husband um it on persons that person it, it it literally makes them not even a component in the abuse right i'm really i'm so sorry to everybody who shared these i'm very very sorry but oh my god if you tell somebody who has been sexually assaulted that e even if they're recognizing that the assault is valid, they don't see it as a valid transgression against the person who was assaulted. They see it as a transgression against the person who essentially owns them. Right. The transgression, like it, it takes them out of the equation. It, not only invalidates the abuse, because now the abuse from the perspective of the person that's been abused isn't about them. It's about what the transgressor did to the person 
who is responsible and or owns them as a human. It takes them out of the equation. The damage of that, I, I couldn't even begin to assess it in this situation because it would be compounded upon compounded upon compound to apologize to somebody else. Wow. Right, right. Wow. For some. For I'm letting so your purity be taken, too, which this reminds me as well of uh, what my own sisters were taught growing up, what my uh, and what lots of people in the Mormon church are taught, which is that if somebody tries to assault you, you should kick and scream to the point of even if your life is in danger, uh, because it would be better for them to murder you than for you to have your purity taken. And that was an actual actual thing taught in church. Uh, that you would be better dead than be better dead? That, yeah that that you should that you should do everything up to being murdered including being murdered because that's better than having your purity taken which by the way I 100% accept that there are many people who uh, uh, from their perception and from the pastor of the future that would rather be dead than assaulted in that way but that's not for any clergyman to decide and the concept of that your purity is so, uh, uh, your quote-unquote virtue, your quote-unquote purity is so holy that you should risk your life to keep it intact. The concept that purity even exists in the first fucking place is stupid. Uh, and I, I, I've seen a lot of people use my, uh, my, my substitute swear word in the live chat. Um, today I'm not using any substitutes. You're going to hear fucks and shits and fuck you and this, is, uh, th this yeah, one is too much. Yeah, it's it's if funny. That, Go ahead. Sorry, to, like, before we move on to the next one, but to follow that logic down the line, like I like to think about extrapolating things out. Like each moment in our life that something like this happens to us, we extrapolate it out and we see what it's going to mean down the line. So if you receive that message, right, that you better kick and scream and get yourself killed because that would be better. And then you're in that situation and you don't, you do what you need to do to survive that moment and you get out of it as a survivor, as somebody who survived that moment, as somebody who did what they needed to do to survive that moment in time. And now you're met with your indoctrination, feeding your thoughts, informing your cognition regarding how to interpret what just happened to you. If you're interpreting what just happened to you through the lens of, I should have gotten myself killed, that would be better than where I am now. Let that resonate for a second. Right. You're doing that to victims. You're doing that to victims. You are telling victims who do what they need to do to survive in that situation that they didn't deserve to survive that they would have been better off dead after they've survived. Right. Right. You also help them an, keep surviving, you miserable assholes. What the hell is wrong with you? They're valuable humans. There's um there's another side to it too that I don't think maybe it's an unintentional consequence, but then you also have people like me who during my teenage years, because I became sexually active young, that, those are the years that I, I remember 
exactly what depression feels like. I deal with anxiety more as an adult than depression. Uh, uh, and being downright suicidal because of these shame cycles, and this isn't peculiar to me, when you teach people that your virtue is worth more than your life, when you elect, in, in my case, elect to abandon my virtue, to give away my virginity, uh, uh, to start being impure, and the guilt cycles start up, you literally think you've now given up something that, that you were told is worth more than your life, and it makes you want to kill yourself. It, it makes you suicidal. And so I, the, the, the interesting thing is growing up as a male in the Mormon church, the purity stuff and the virtue stuff, and they call it, they, they use the word chastity. It's definitely pressed upon you, but it's not pressed upon you near as hard as it is through the young women's organization. We didn't get the chewed gum metaphor that every time somebody, uh, every time you have sex with somebody, it's like another bite into a piece of gum. And so who's going to want you if you're a chewed up piece of gum by the end of it all? Um, uh, those, but those stories were, those were relayed in the young women's organization. And yeah, it's this, this concept of, of it's chewed worth gum? more than your life. So even when you, yeah, you've never heard the chewed gum metaphor. No, but it, because it makes no sense. If I have, let's say I have sex a thousand times through my life, whether right. that is one partner or a thousand different partners, the result is the same. The metaphor doesn't make any goddamn sense. Basically, they're saying it's a big spiritual thing that happens, too, because you're giving away your purity. Uh, and then they would like and they'll even end it with like, but through the savior, you can be restored to a, a, a regular, good, clean piece of gum uh, if you repent. Uh, they, there's also a version of it that's like duct tape. Like every if you take a piece of duct tape and you touch a person, then you touch another person, you touch another person. Uh, after so many times, it can't stick to a person anymore. And it basically is the, the story behind it. The idea behind it is if you have a lot of premarital sex, you'll not be able to have an actual attachment with somebody. And so it's so going to lead to things like inherently devalues you. Right. Exactly. That's literally it. Remember, you, the most valuable thing you have and this is true not just in Mormonism, but lots of other Christian religions, is especially if you are raised as a woman in the church, uh, uh, the most valuable thing you have is your virtue. In fact, Elizabeth Smart, uh, do you remember Do you remember her story? Yeah, Having was, yeah. kidnapped, kidnapped, kept as a polygamist wife as a young mm -hmm. teenager, raped yeah. over and over again. And when she uh, was eventually found and separated from her abuser, she starts going back to the Mormon church and she actually independently campaigned against the church as a member, asking them to drop the purity stories and the purity conversations because she went through. She's already been through one of the most traumatic experiences a human can go through and she's being re-traumatized by the guilt she's feeling going to young women's classes and hearing about virtue and purity and how through no fault of her own, she lost her purity or purity. It's not a real thing. And she was going through new guilt cycles, new deep slumping depressions because she felt nobody could ever love me now because I don't have my virtue. I wasn't chaste. And even though she made none of those choices. Uh, and so she actually, she was actually uh, uh, petitioning the church to change those conversations. Now, I don't know. I don't know if she's still a member of the church. I know she went on a mission at some point. I don't know what's going on, but I, re I remember that being a big thing of like, this is how toxic and bad the purity culture is 
that somebody can be kidnapped and raped for months on end and come out of that and go to church just to relive their trauma uh, and feel guilty about something they had no choice in. Um, all right. I'm going to start getting saucy. I'm going to lose my composure. I'm work, I'm trying. I'm going to, I'll, I'll try to keep it. Because of the, uh, the delay from the pause, we'll, uh, we'll go till 10 after reading these stories and then we'll respond to the super chats and everything. Uh, we'll try and make some of these responses now. Uh, I want to get through quite a few more, so we'll try and make the responses a little bit shorter so that we have a diversity of experiences uh, in here. Uh, I went to live with my nan after I was disowned rather for being trans. While living with her, her ex, a Jehovah's Witness, visited and went on a bigoted rant. When I tried to defend myself, he choked me and then stormed out. My nan told me I should forgive him because of his genuine fear for my soul. Oh. So here's what I hear. <gasps> Growing up, bigotry is justified. <laughs> I, I I grew up in the South, uh, or at least I spent a number of years in the South, um, uh, and I remember hearing stories that were essentially this, but with race, of people who uh, somebody tried to have a black boyfriend, so family members went out because of genuine concern for the safety of their, uh, uh, whether it's daughter or sister or whatever, and beat the shit out of someone for the crime of being black, of course, uh, uh, this is that exact same thing to me. It doesn't matter if you are genu genuinely concerned about somebody, if what you think the way you exhibit uh, uh, that concern is based in your fucking bigoted piece of shit ways. So you're not okay for attacking a trans person because you're genuinely worried about their soul in the same way that you wouldn't be, it's not okay for you to attack a black person because you're a fucking idiot and you think that that inherently makes somebody less safe. And so you're doing that out of the protection, out of the genuine fear for the physical safety of somebody. Like, fuck you, you're a bigoted piece of shit Fuck you. I'm, and by the way, fuck you. That's fair. <laughs> that's not, I, I could have done with a few more fuck yous, but I think that's sufficient for now. I had to get some um, water. <laughs> you made me cough. Um, I just wanted to say that being you isn't a crime. No, you are deserving of nothing but, you know, respect and to be treated as you would expect other people to treat each other for being you, no matter who you are, period, full stop. Being you never, ever is deserving of somebody to have a violent reaction, ever, ever, right. ever. Right. And the fact that you were told to forgive somebody, and the reason is they were legitimately concerned for your soul, to me, what I hear when somebody says that is they were justified right. in their bigotry against you. They just maybe took it too far. And that's not the case. That is not right. the case. They were not justified to begin with, period, full stop. The, and the, I'm, I'm very, very sorry. I hope you, I hope you didn't forgive them. I hope, <laughs> right. I hope you didn't. <laughs> 
the the unfortunate I mean, reality I is. You, I hope you did, but man, I don't. I don't forgive them. Yeah, I, I don't I, have to. I don't either. The unfortunate reality is, uh, and you know, maybe this, maybe this was far enough back that you don't have to worry about this anymore, or maybe your grandmother has grown as a person, as often happens in the final years of life. That's kind of a joke. Um, the 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 unfortunate reality is here that your grandmother sounded sympathetic to your abuser. Like, that's fucked up. So fuck you, not you, the person with the story. Fuck the uh, fuck the the Jehovah's Witness guy who did that, and fuck your grandma. Sorry. <laughs> People that use religion as a justification for hate. Well, my hate's justified. Yeah. Because I'm worried about you. Right. And worrying about you looks a lot like hate. Right. When right. when you're in my religion, so I get yeah. to do what I want, treat you how I please. Because whatever I believe, uh, that's horseshit. And tell me about this I whole like. Conceivable. Tell me, tell me about this. I don't hate the sin, or I hate the sin. Then why did you choke the sinner and not the sin? Like fuck you. Sorry, I, I had another fuck you in there. <laughs> Zombie Queen Fair. says my school refused to discuss the fact that one of their students raped me because even if it did happen, we had to forgive. Go Texas public schools. Wow. Nope. Not go Texas public schools. Rape. Maybe in Austin. Not the rest of Texas. Yeah, it's... I'm sorry. I just keep saying I'm sorry. <laughs> What's tragic to me is that there are so many stories like this yeah. where people have intensely traumatic awful things done to them and then immediately the onus of resolution is shifted to the victim in all scenarios the responsibility for absolution and the responsibility for resolution is immediately thrust upon the person who had no choice in whether or not the circumstance was even going to take place that is awful and inexcusable and i wish more people realized what they were doing i think so many people just want to go along to get along right. and somebody who's already in a vulnerable position telling them hey you know just forget about it you know you'll feel better if you forgive this person and you know you don't want to ruin their life or you know, they're really not a bad person. They just had a bad moment or or you can't move on until you do all of these tropes that are introduced to somebody when what they really need is for you to recognize what happened to them, to acknowledge how traumatic it is and to help them move forward, whether that incorporates an aspect of you know, resolution or forgiveness is ultimately going to be up to the individual who is going through that process. For you to say that it's their job to fix a right. mess that they didn't make is just reprehensible as far as I'm concerned. And But yet that is what consistently happens because of these Judeo-Christian value tropes about forgiveness being a virtue that all of us must do in order to be morally upstanding people. We need to be right. able to turn the other 
cheek. No, sorry. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Nope. The, the hard part here, too, is uh, uh, that we've had this culture in the society that's reinforced these really shit views about sex ownership of people and and uh, uh, consent hasn't been a serious conversation or a part of sex education for years and in a lot of society you are seeing the reaction to that being things like time's up things like me too but the place that time's up and me too isn't going to are the num are the are the most significant reinforcers of these ideals. Until Me Too and Time's Up makes it into the churches, I don't see this being a problem that society gets rid of completely because this is still the place that if you are assaulted, they are going to, not only might they, might they try and intercept it, and keep it from the police and keep it from the people because we keep seeing that kind of thing where a church decides to handle these sins internally and with appeals to God's law instead of man's laws. Uh, you're going to, as the victim, be shamed and, and try to figure out what your part in that is. And so, unfortunately, the one place that is allowed to say we're, we don't much want to do what the rest of society is doing is the church, the church is, and they are hiding behind that license society just gives them as a, you can't criticize my faith status to avoid having the same discussions that the rest of society is having right now. And that is going to reinforce in places like this, in Texas school systems uh, and, and places like that where uh, religious people get to have micro theocracies uh, that's going to keep happening. This is the place. These are the places they, that need to be having those conversations the most. It's permeating too. So it's, it's not even just in churches anymore. It's become, it's permeated society to such a degree that the idea of withholding forgiveness is in and of itself seen as a transgression. It informs something to, to external people about the person. They're seen as spiteful. They're seen as, you know, not wanting to let go or, or holding on to the past when the, that may not even remotely be the case. They may not be spiteful. They may not wish ill on the person. They may want that person to, con to continue on a good life. They may want them to receive the justice that they haven't yet received, but it's up to them people imposing forgiveness as an imperative, as a moral imperative that informs something about the person when it should be an individual decision. The person right. is transgressed against that person. Who are you to tell them how they should feel about that? Right. It blows my mind. That it's just, it's seen as withholding forgiveness in and of itself is seen as a transgression because it has permeated the culture so much that forgiveness is a virtue. You must do it. You absolutely must. If you don't, it informs something about you. But it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It just says that you are exercising your right to have a judgment about what happened to you and whether or not you feel that person is deserving of absolution in your eyes and your eyes alone, and you don't owe it to anybody.
The um, growing up in in a very fundamentalist religion and growing up around a lot of religious people, the, like you see this even get more bananas. I can recall stories of people who were told to ask forgiveness from the people they held the grudge against. Someone did something bad to somebody and they didn't forgive them and then were later later advised that for not forgiving them, they now need to go seek uh, uh, forgiveness from the person who fucked them over in the first place. It's, for not forgiving? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, right, right. That's how crazy it is. See, it's, a, it's seen as a transgression. Right. Like, it's right. in and You're, you it's were slighted. Of holding animosity. You were slighted, and that turned into your sin. Like fuck that. This is also why I hate right. the concept of sin. Uh, let's try and get two or three more of these in before we we uh, start wrapping up here. Uh, uh, if we were commenting our stories here, then it's easy. Being black with white parents, I was always told that I should forgive and forget all of the racism inside the church just because they're just people and it's not actually the church, whatever that means. Uh, similarly saw that in the Mormon church. We always heard, in fact, the church is perfect. It's the people who are flawed. So if ever you think anything could be wrong with the culture, with the nature of the, the people in your congregation, uh, either you are wrong and you need to let it go, or uh, uh, it, it could be that the people are wrong. But even at that point, you're supposed to be turning the other cheek. That was the kind so of shit. If the church as an institution doesn't inform the behavior of the people, then what the hell is it for? Right. Like, right. What does it do? If it's not mandating moral imperatives to people and dictating how to behave based on a doctrine. Right. Then, and if you're not enforcing the adherence to that be behavioral and moral doctrine via, you know, social pressure through the church, then what is it? What is it? What's it doing? What's it yeah. for? Why are you there? What are you doing, guys? I can almost guarantee you <laughs> I know every. What it is. I, I can almost guarantee you every ex-Mormon you ever meet will have heard in their life, "The church is perfect; the people are flawed." Churches are not perfect. No, they're not. And this was specifically the Mormon Church. Mormons literally believe that the the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints is a perfect institution. What what's a church without people? If a church isn't right. constituted of of people, it's not really a church anymore. It's just a series of buildings with a book inside it, and nobody's right. read that book. It's funny because they There's say that people. they say that if something seems bad, that's clearly the people and not the church. And yet, what is the principle? And by their fruits, you shall know ye ye shall know them. <laughs> by their Ooh. fruits, ye shall. I think I fucked that verse up, but essentially, like, what is the fruit of religion? if not the culture of the people who participate in it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, from ages that's five good. to nine, my mother physically abused me. One day I had enough and told the priest and asked what I should do. He asked me what I did wrong. I replied, I don't know, as a nine-year-old would. He looked me in the eyes and said, then you should be grateful because your mother is steering you into the right path. I left that day confused and mad at myself for not being a good child. Oh, my God. I have an eight-year-old. Yeah. It's, it's, you wonder too whether or not the priest actually felt that way or if he was just intellectually lazy. Just, I, you know what? 
you know what we you know what's really worked for us victim blaming if this kid walks out of here feeling like shit about themselves i've done my job I, they don't know any other way to do it i, I imagine at this point and at that point, when you're a child, like to get to the point that you feel as though you need help, you can't turn to your parents because they're abusing you and you turn to the only other authority figures that you like, you really trust that are told that are virtuous and are, you're told that the church is the most virtuous and is going to protect you the most. And you turn there. You, at that age, you would take it on authority that whatever they say should stand because you've been indoctrinated to believe that they're the ultimate authority on literally goddamn everything. The next story literally just expands on that. So the next one is honor thy father and mother. That's it. That's the tweet for real though. That whole, yeah, that's a toxic behavior, but it's your mother was prevalent in my life mostly, but not exclusively coming from a religious place. Uh, that similarly happened to me. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, never, never question the actions or motivations of your parents. And that came both from my parents and was reinforced at church. Well, parents aren't infallible simply by virtue of being parents. There's nothing about expelling a child from your body or creating a child in general that automatically informs you how to be a perfect parent there isn't any such thing as a perfect parent there are just those of us who are absolutely doing the best that, <laughs> that we can with everything that's available to us with every fiber of our being but even we are flawed so to give somebody to give a child the concept that everything your parents do is infallible is doing even parents that are trying their best is doing it abject disservice to that child and also the parents right like if they're doing something if if i was inadvertently doing something that was damaging my son my god you better bet that i'd want to know about it so that i could figure out how to fix it if i found out that my child went to a teacher and said you know that my mommy does this and it really hurts me or it really makes me feel bad i'd call in an army to help me fix it now right yeah, it's like, and that's religiously religiously enforced uh, deity designation of parents is is I think super duper common and it wasn't just my family I saw it with a lot of other families this idea of as though as though they were just ready for being ready and this is also the church that that is encouraging people to get pregnant at like 18 get married right away and just start popping out kids uh and and these are not people who are ready and what's worse is their parents who have all these shitty beliefs are their model of good uh good parenting uh and i've seen that happen in my own life where that has turned out to be an absolute disaster it's a uh, clever recipe for dependency yeah what that is People don't have any independence that way, specifically women. If before they're the age that they can fully get a post-secondary education and enter the workforce, they're already popping out kids and they're entirely dependent. On the local <sighs> advice too, because it's not It's not like these institutions are recommending people go read secularly based 
not even and I don't mean secular in the regard of like books that say like don't go to church. I'm just talking about literally only speak about here are healthy ways to raise a child with no regard for religion, uh, uh, but not not there to shit on it. Um, a couple child development books would be neat. Some of the Piaget books would be really, really great. Like John Piaget wrote some really, really great books. So did like Vygotsky, like read some Vygotsky. Like those are really good books on developmental stages that I think everybody should read. I mean, I'd avoid Freud, but Piaget and Vygotsky are two really, if anybody's looking for some child development stuff. <laughs> Instead, they're getting basically like, okay, Here's the religious advice. We've come up with two or three identities for your children to choose from. They, they'll have the freedom to pick one of these, but if they venture out of that, you make sure you do everything you can to make sure that that kid falls back in line. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just incredible levels of trying to control information, personality, and identity. And it turns into when you do stray out of that punishment for exploring yourself. Um, that was, now I'm literally just describing my childhood. Uh, here's the next story. My mother forced me to stay in a group that bullied, demeaned, and put me down every chance they got. She insisted I forgave the boys who bullied me for close to seven years, and others insisted I forgive my mom because family is family, and she's your mother. Bullshit. Family is whoever cares for and supports you. You can choose your family and blood relations. You can choose your family and blood you, oh, I see. You can choose your family, comma, and blood relations don't entitle anyone to mistreat you or to love you or forgiveness. Total okay. agreement. You, nobody's entitled to shit. And I, I learned too late in life that I get to decide who's my family. They don't get to decide for me. Yeah. And uh, something that's important to consider if you're, I'm really sorry, I keep panning myself. It's so hot. Something that's really important to consider when you're in these situations too. And I would, I would, I would ask people to just contemplate this when you're put in these situations. Um, once somebody is proposing that you need to forgive, you, I would wonder, or at least ask them, why do you feel that I need right. to forgive? Because in some situations, it may be because they wish to quell the situation, and a wish to quell the situation means that you kind of have to drop it, right? So it's a way of silencing you almost to tell you that you need to forgive somebody. You don't. You absolutely do not need to now again i'm gonna press the fact that it's not detrimental to forgive people forgiving people is a wonderful thing to do it can it can release a ton of stress and anxiety from you it can be a way to walk forward it can be incredibly valuable it can it can be the best thing you do but when somebody is pressing it upon you as an imperative, you need to really, really assess whether it's the best thing for you or whether it's the best thing for the person that's pressing it upon you. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole thing, uh, as we were saying at the beginning, what we care about is the mandate. Uh, and there are a number of people in my life that I have moved on from them in my life. And it was actually cutting them out of my life 
it wouldn't have made sense if I had forgiven them to cut them out of my life. It was actually important to my own progress to cut them out of my life. And by not forgiving them, I was able to finally come to that conclusion easier. So they're not somebody who weighs on me because I haven't because I haven't forgiven them. I'm not obsessing over them. I don't hate them. Every now and then I'll get a text from one. There's actually a couple of them. I'll get a text from one of them. Just ignore it. And I might have a moment of like, fuck you, not happening uh, uh, because I'm not because because the forgiveness is not there. Uh, but I and I'm going to keep them out of my life. And uh, that pattern, I'm not going to repeat the bad patterns that put me in shitty situations. Um, what we'll do now is move over to Super Chats. I know people put more stories and examples in the Super Chats. So uh, uh, we're not quite done with the topic itself. Um, because there will, there will definitely be more. Uh, if you have some on your end, you're welcome to read them out too. Oh, I do. Did you want to go? I'm sure you have significantly more than me. I've got one, two, three, four, uh, five in total. Okay. We can start with mine, and then and then uh, and go. then end out with yours if you want, or we can do it the other way. I don't. I don't care. That's totally fine. You go right ahead if you're ready. Cool. It's fine. Uh, starting out with a thank you to RJ. Lucy first says, love you, friend. So honored and proud to be in your pumpkin posse, your family to me. And words will never express how much that matters. And that's because we get to pick our family. That's just reinforcing that. Uh, Gabriel Durnham. Oh, yeah, we all do. Thank you, by the way, Lucy and our other mods tonight. We have What the Craft here and Darchy B and vandy and i'm sure a few others vandy's more modded so because because uh vandy's been around so long and supportive so long that uh they uh they're not being subjected to uh slow mode <laughs> hi, <laughs> hi exactly hi. <laughs> every time every time uh i mentioned that on a i mentioned that on a live show I think last week and moments later, I received an email from Vandy that said, hi. <laughs> Just, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, Gabriel Durham. Thank you. Liquid cucumber. Thank you. Goth pink cat meow says forgiving people for things they did my childhood. And I think I also forced myself to as well. Now, as a kid, it's there are certain things that are a little different, uh, uh, like <laughs> You have to keep living with your siblings unless they get to a certain level of abusive. Then they get, get the authorities certainly involved. But siblings I cut out for the behavior as adults that they were actually exhibiting as in our childhood, too. Uh, uh, at that time, it probably was more useful for me to forgive and reconcile. But as an adult, if you're not going to grow out of that bullying bullshit, fuck you. <laughs> get out of my life. Uh, thank you to Blue Rising. Gabriella Therese. Hi, Jimmy. I just wanted to say I love what you do. Well, I love what you do. Whatever it is. I love it. RJ, thank you. <laughs> the ex, the ex-Hindu atheist gaslight in short. Yeah, it is. Wouldn't you say tremendous gaslighting? the idea of taking your upset for something that was done bad to you and making you feel guilty as though you've committed some transgression. Yeah. Brooklyn. Brooklyn says, thanks for all you do. I understand if you don't want to answer, but if so, what are your thoughts on Tracy Harris leaving the atheist experience? Have you watched her interview on why she left? Uh, I've watched some stuff. Uh, I'm sad to see Tracy leave. Personally, I think that 
the atheist community of Austin and the atheist experience and all of those things, I think they're all salvageable and there would be a way for people to move forward harmoniously and happily and we can have we can have even better than what we had before. But I think that there are um, I think there are a number of people in the situation. I don't think I think people have split into groups and that none of the groups do a good job at perceiving how the other groups feel. Uh, I'd say that's that's a, it's it's a lot of projection and it's not a lot of. Uh, in fact, that was in in listening to Tracy talk about it. I realized that I was even wrong about the way she perceives me or not me specifically, but uh, uh, people I support. Uh, I was wrong about my perception of her perception. And I actually think that it's super duper useful for people to find out people's perceptions of perceptions, because then you start to be able to hone in on the productive conversations. Uh, I'm sad Tracy left. She was definitely uh, one of my favorite hosts. And I'm sad that I don't see a reconciliation happening. I think it will be very much a new sort of show and a new sort of ACA going forward. Uh, and and I don't see um, I don't see I think the people that are gone probably aren't ever going to come back. Um, that that was like the most diplomatic answer because I didn't get into any of the actual like the substance, <laughs> but there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah, it's it's too much. Um, Jasmine K, thank you. Alice Sweet, congratulations, Jimmy. Thank you. I don't remember what we were talking about at the time. Oh, I think it was for kicking drugs. <laughs> uh, zombie <laughs> Unicorn. <laughs> yeah, seven years clean. Zombie Unicorn, is David S. Pumpkins your father? I hope so. Uh, Katie Bell, I needed to hear this today. I had to leave home because of my alcoholic mother. I felt obligated to forgive her. Thank you so much for this stream. This made me feel validated for leaving. It's almost, we could almost do a, another where we're still talking about the same overall topic, but just time that people played the, but their family card. Cause there's like the story from earlier. That's, but that's your mother. Okay. Why do I need to forgive her? Why do I inherently need to forgive mothers? Because they're your mother. Okay. Okay, so what? That's the same thing, though. One of the reasons <laughs> I did the video is because the trope is so strong and it has permeated so deeply that it's impacted therapeutic recovery strategies yeah. to an nth degree. Like, it, it's almost as though that some people, like specifically Christian counselors, but even some secular counselors have this perception that forgiveness is synonymous with the release of angst and animosity. And you can release angst and animosity without right. putting pressure on a victim to forgive. Like the two can be separated as concepts if the pressure to forgive is causing more angst and animosity. You need to be able to recognize that and delineate the two. Right. But anyway, so that's one of the reasons that I did the video to to begin with and sent it to Jimmy was because I was like, I feel like your viewers could the yeah. Andy's just super chatted me high. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Andy. This this is where we're talking I think it is important too, because like you mentioned, it, it happens in secular therapy too. There are things that come yeah. from the religious world that make it out. 
where it's mm-hmm. so adopted by so many people. The concept of purity is not only, it's not as though every atheist is like, yeah, women who have sex with lots of guys are totally cool. There's still that slut shaming happening, even in, even amongst atheists, even with atheism. So it's, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's bad. Uh, Mackenzie Rinnis says, thank you. I didn't post my story yesterday, but when I saw you were doing this stream, I cried. Just the fact you are doing this is enough. It was also very draining. I, I, I was more in the headspace ready for this going into it because I read it earlier, but I was messaging Shannon like, I don't know. I, this is going to be really tough. I'm not sure that That's this. my fault. I'm sorry. I should never have sent you that. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, Jimmy. No, no. <laughs> no. It, if it's useful for other people, I'm glad we did it. Um, Janelle Brumfield, my sister's 20-year-old boyfriend tried to sleep with me when I was 15. I'm lesbian, but she blamed me. Eventually, everyone forgave him and were pissed and incredulous that I wouldn't. This is another thing that happens with slut-shaming that fucking drives me up the goddamn wall. Somebody will cheat on somebody, and even if it is unbeknownst to the person they had the affair with, that they had a relationship the hatred will be designated toward them. And the worst part is it's happened along such sexist lines that we have successfully taught women to hate other women when things like that happen. When it's like, no, your dude's the fucking asshole in this situation. Treat him like the, get rid of him. I have a no cheating, uh, uh, not even once policy. If if somebody cheats, it's over. There's I, I, I can go, I can... I can be in a relationship with someone who's never going to do that if I just wait for somebody else. And so that's that's my policy. The forgiveness by proxy thing, trumping of forgiveness, that that annoys the shit out of me. Like yeah. everybody else has forgiven him for what he did to you. Why can't you? Well, yeah. it's easy for them because he didn't do shit to them. So what's it to that? Like that that's another case of you know, we're all over it. We want to yep. move past it. So right. why can't you move past it just because it happened to you? Like, aren't you thinking about us? Yep. Like, that frustrates me. I'm really, really sorry. I'm so <laughs> El- sorry. Everybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's sorry, no, eh? Sorry. I'm sorry, eh, <laughs> bye. LC says, Jimmy, what is your opinion about Ricky Gervais and his public discussions about his atheism? Uh, I'm I'm happy anybody is talking about it, especially when they do so in positive ways. Unless you're talking about something recently happened that was like super toxic. Uh, uh, Things I have seen in the past were very well executed. I think he is a a pretty smart dude. Um, I really liked his back and forth with Stephen Colbert and his like uh, it was this whole thing about religious books versus science books if you got rid of all of them a thousand years would pass by all the science books would be back but none of the religious books would be uh and and that even shut up colbert who i love i love stephen colbert except when he gets all christy <laughs> that's real uh, <laughs> christy the christy, so christy. <laughs> Nervardia, previously Godless Drain. I know this is off topic, but could you please shout out the Australian Pumpkin Posse for their hard work? Happy news for the end of such a heavy topic. Yes, the Australian Pumpkin Posse got Steven Anderson banned from Australia. That is Uh, a big fucking deal. Uh, And for an imaginary country. Yeah, there was. uh, uh, I. I. Yeah, there's. 
there's like lists of accomplishments of, of things. Now, this wasn't something I personally did, but it was parts of our audience who, who found out uh, uh, from all of the hard work that was done by, by uh, uh, everybody involved. That I'm not going to list everybody like I've tried to do like seven times and then I feel bad for forgetting somebody. Uh, but a lot of people put a lot of work into that and that got that out to more and more people and part of our audience. I know that the individual who led that specific thing doesn't want to be credited at the moment because of uh, certain concerns they have. But uh, uh, there was especially one individual who like took on the mantle and led that whole thing. And uh, yeah, just amazing. Steven Anderson, banned in Australia. Thank you, Pumpkin Posse. Adrian Greeley, um, there's more There's more NIFB stuff to come. I know I feel like I keep promising it and pushing it off and pushing it off. I've been dealing with a lot of, uh, I was going to say family. It's not even true. I've been dealing with a lot of health shit and the next steps that I want to take and the next things I want to do in regards to that take a lot of uh, very deliberate work. In other words, I'm saying all the other episodes that you've seen since then, I've just shit out. Um, That's true. <laughs> they, they take anywhere, but the NIFB staff does. So there will be more to come. Uh, <laughs> you know it's true, too. Um, Adrian Grilly says, once I pay off my car, orbital tier, here I come. That's very, very kind of you. The uh, top tier on my Patreon is called the Orbital Cosmic Pumpkin Gods. It used to be called Orbital Teapots, but now I wanted pumpkins and everything. Think it's like That's like the one nice thing that came out of the NIFB for me is all the pumpkin stuff. I, I keep receiving oh, gifts like died. this, which I love. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Very cool. Somebody, somebody sent me these paper ones, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, CMDR Dark Light. If the clergy, if the clergy, if the clergy that make victims apologize were sexually assaulted, I wonder if they would think they should apologize to their attacked attacker. Um, I think what you're getting at, it's not quite the way I would phrase things <laughs> like that, but I, I think what you're getting at is that there is a total lack of empathy and zero attempt to put yourself in the shoes of another person and really think like, what if this was me? What if this was my my child? What if this was, I mean, the way you saw Shannon when relaying stories about children be devastated because she has an eight-year-old and that's immediately who she thought of. These people don't do that and they should. Uh, uh, empathy, empathy and sympathy are far better virtues than fucking forgiveness. Uh, Eli the Bean, I was made to feel if a person was raped, you were worthless and broken from that point on because it was your fault for not doing some, for not doing something or for doing something to tempt them. Yep. That's, uh, pretty consistent with the, uh, the experiences of a lot of people that were raised in my church and churches like mine. Well, there's not a lot of other churches like mine, but churches with a similar level of, of uh, uh, Christian fundamentalism. Uh, Cam Z says, question, did you ever blame or judge your secret Catholic girlfriend for her participation in your shared sexual experiences? Love your channel. No. Uh, oddly enough, I didn't. I was never, I never considered her like, okay, so I've talked about this. Go ahead, everybody, pour your shot. Jimmy's going to talk about his libido. I think you actually owe me money. Yeah, whatever it is. It's, it was way worse as a teenager. And um, 
she she was always not always but she was often down when i was but i don't think if it was up to her to initiate i don't think it would have happened as often so if i ever expressed the interest in doing it uh, it, it was easy it was easy to to uh, uh get enthusiasm for it but um I don't know. Maybe I just never gave her the the opportunity. Maybe I was just always horny, so I don't know what would have happened if I didn't mention it every twenty minutes. But uh, I I uh, uh, I I never. I can honestly say that wasn't something I did. And in a way, it's like that means I didn't internalize a terrible idea of like, oh, I should blame this temptress. Um, I never even was mad about like, cause oh. Like she's keen on it because she's a different religion because I knew how keen I was on it. Uh, but in reality, I think the, <laughs> I think I just never could get past my own shame of myself for myself to uh, bother blaming somebody else for it because I was very aware. I was I was doing as much by myself to myself as I was doing with a partner. So, I believe you. Libido, libido, libido. Um, libido. I don't know if they have to take a shot when you say it. You yeah, all can decide. Know. They do know. That's a new rule. Yeah. yeah. Tiffany, thank you to everyone for sharing. This helps more people than you know. Have a great night, Jimmy and Shannon. Thank you, Tiffany. Oh, thanks, Tiffany. Annalise Koskiniemi. Koskiniemi. Oh, I know I messed it up. Uh, I was raped in a domestically violent relationship. That was my first time. I stayed for five years. During a brief attempt to return to church, an old friend made me feel deeply ashamed for my loss of purity. Um, unfortunately, too, there are people who don't understand that. It, and it's, it's even funnier when it, not funnier, it's even more ironic. It's certainly what I meant, not funny. It's more ironic when it's like the toxically masculine uh, people that are just out there like, why didn't you just leave? I would have blah, 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 because they are used to living in a world where if they just say, I'm going to fuck shit up and take whatever I want, society doesn't um, punish them for that. It is not the same experience. That is not the same experience for people, uh, uh, it, for everybody across the board. And there are a number of people who stay in those things because of other other states the abuse puts them in and also past abuse and things of that nature and so it's uh uh i'm not a fan either of the people that are like the well why didn't you get out of it yourself and this you didn't actually mention that i was projecting or seeing the future because some asshole will say that in a comment like why would you have been in that relationship for five years any comment um i'm, I'm becoming emotionally overwhelmed that like, yeah, I hate the, the gravity of how prevalent these things are. It hits me from time to time. And it's upsetting to me that not only it so frequently happens, but that the people it happens to are so mistreated after the fact and the empathy that people expect them and mandate them to demonstrate for the person that perpetrated a crime against them is right. extended to them themselves. 
Like you're asking something of a victim that you're not willing to even grant the victim that you're conversing with that you think needs right. to have it elicited from them. The, it's, it floors me that people. I'm an I'm an, a naturally empathetic person though, so I think yeah. that I I feel gravity to things, and I like to make sure that people are okay. So. It doesn't, I, I recognize the fact that not everybody is like me and for other people, it, they, they just, they literally as empathetic as they attempt to be and want to be and desire to be, it just may not be natural for them. But just right. think, like, it, it, this is a message not to people that are victims, but if you are somebody who's dealing with somebody who's who's had these sorts of trauma, even if you feel like you can't help the person or, or that you're not going to be able to give them a message of empathy just say you know i recognize and understand that this is something that's important to you i'm not sure that i'm going to be the person that you're going to be able to confide in about this perhaps right. i can help you find some resources or 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 perhaps you know there's somebody else that you can have these conversations with i sincerely apologize that i'm not going to be able to be that sounding board for you like anything is better than saying get over it right to some really like anything anything something anything. i find so frustrating about it too is that uh again drawing from life experiences when you are the victim of something that's more severe you already are in a state of so often victims are going to blame themselves in the first place and they shouldn't and they do so wrongfully but it's it's part it's unfortunately a common response to trauma and to these terrible things happening. And so when a person is going through that and having a rough time and blaming themselves, any individual who's going to then reinforce that, any individual who's gonna say like, oh yeah, I get why you're blaming yourself. Here's a few things you maybe didn't consider and should blame yourself more for. Let me just give another resounding, fuck you. That's yeah. that's the kind of shit well, that also gets under my- believe. I'm so sorry. The time no, like I, I didn't mean to talk over you. You're good. I was just going to say that we're all essentially sort of conditioned to believe the detrimental things more readily than the positive things. Right. We, you know, we're 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 taught to be essentially, you know, humble, which is great. There's a good. There's great things about being humble and not being a big conceited asshole all the time. Yeah. But part of Why part of that, what we're that taught, felt directed at me. I'm just kidding. Well, it was. Okay, yeah, I, I so. yeah. I'm glad you picked up on it. I'm proud of you, actually. It's good. We're making progress. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Now I'm just putting up a wall. <laughs> I'll deal with you later. Okay. But yeah, so like, and part of that's conceptualized, too, with the, like, we're all born broken sort of thing, right? right. We're all damaged and need to be fixed. And, you know, something, something about us is inherently at fault or flawed in, in any and all situations. And that translates and right. it extrapolates when you're in a really severely traumatic situation it extrapolates on an exponential level and it needs to be mitigated but instead it's reinforced by external factors and people that you interact with and sometimes unfortunately therape therapeutic help that you seek out for yourself yeah to get better starts to reinforce that cycle of self-blame and self-assessment and detrimental uh, self-perception. So I'm passionate about mental health and this stuff all pisses me off. And 
also she's also passionate about how conceited I am. The think jinx says, Jimmy, you're doing the Lord's work in 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 quotations. My by helping this former Christian heal, and I can't be the only one. Thank you. Thanks for all that you do. I I'm glad that I'm glad people got something out of this because if they didn't, this this was too exhausting to do. If if no one got any help out of it, so I'm glad to hear people did. Uh, it would it would not have been worth it otherwise. It's emotionally and intellectually is exhausting the wrong word like i feel like i've been hit by an emotional bus i've managed not to cry which i'm actually pretty surprised by Brittany morgan i'm too sober for this next time screwdrivers also too sober for this but i don't drink so nothing i can do uh i'm too sober for this and i do drink (laughs) (laughs) vandy says vandy says all pump the hail king i get what you did there that's beautiful. <laughs> um, Sir Clara, Anna, the great, just take my money. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. But don't take my money. I need it. Uh, Rachel D says off topic, but have you tried CBD oil for anxiety? I'm on four anxiety medications and slowly coming off them because CBD oil worked like magic on me. Um, I haven't, I've mostly been doing cognitive behavioral therapy uh, and trying to work things out as much as I can. Basically, when the zombie apocalypse happens, there's not going to be any more CBD oil, and I'm going to need to hand, manage my panic attacks. So I'm trying to do my best I can without uh, without any intervention, uh, chemical intervention. Gabriel Durham, <clears throat> it's Gabriel, as in hit that like button. Woo! Everybody, hit it. And the subscribe button. Make sure you even are subscribed because that keeps happening. People don't realize YouTube unsubscribe them. Gianni Rubio, thank you. John Retrammel says, don't forget to subscribe to Mr. Atheist new channel. Jimmy Snow, what do you know? Thank you for reminding me to shill myself. That channel is hard launching on August 1st. It is going to be Monday through Friday, multiple posts a day. We're going to be talking about whatever is on my mind. Uh, There will definitely be a lot of political stories, but I am also planning on like, I think I'm going to do an episode about what underwear I wear. Uh, I, and they haven't even a, they haven't even offered to sponsor me, which frankly is I haven't actually tried. But you know, there's going to be there's going to be everything over there. But uh, especially as um, the number one reason I'm doing the new channel is we are closing in on an election, uh, and I think as much commentary as possible and as much, many voices out there to encourage people to vote and how to vote correctly. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Uh, uh, that those are useful things. <clears throat> Spionky says, thank you for giving nine-year-old me permission to cry and be angry. Been holding that in for decades. I thought you were saying that you were nine now, but been holding that in for decades implies you were not. So whatever happened to you at nine, I'm very sorry. And I'm really glad that you were able to find... Was that uh, the person with the story that about when they were nine and they went to the priest about the abuse or because if it is I'm no different person different person um let's see stargazing duckling thank you for covering this topic grew up hearing this forgiveness narrative and have recently been learning about all the dangerous problems with it and there are many gabriel durham and a really good video that covers those problems is over on shannon q's channel and you can find a link to that below Gabriel Durham, thank you for talking about this. I was abused by my birth father for 15 years. It's nice to be heard by at least one person that it's not my fault. And 
not only is it not your fault, that person might be the person, they might be the sperm donor that led to your existence, but their, uh, uh, their involvement in your life is entirely your choice. Not, that sounded like blaming yourself. You can choose to not have them in your life is what I'm saying. Not that, that you did choose to keep them in your life when they were abusive. If you want to cut that person out, you should. Eli the Bean, on the no cheating, not even once, I was raped and my ex said my rapist got a pass and that I had cheated his words. Fuck your what? ex. I'm glad that your, your ex, ex is your ex. I hope that's the reason why they're your ex, frankly, because what a garbage person they are. Uh, hey, it's Jess says, hope you're both having a great day. I think it's really important to have this conversation, so I'm glad you guys covered this. I am also glad and... I'm also glad that I don't have a stream tomorrow because I'm going <laughs> to be I'm going to be in recovery. Um, cartoon contrarian. I know a lot of victims blame themselves. I feel like only forgiveness needed is for themselves so they can move past that guilt. Right. And, and I think we've both said this. There are times where and there are certainly situations where forgiveness is appropriate if you want to issue it. And it can be a good part. But the idea of forcing it through you, especially as you're dealing with stuff is bullshit thank you nk which i assume means north korea i guess kim jong-un is a fan becca m i am a child of god and he has sent me here uh, uh has given me an earthly home with parents who are either absent or abusive and i'm required to respect them anyway sorry to be a bummer i love you x she's referring to a song that we had to sing growing up as mormons it goes i am a child of god and he has sent me here, has given me an earthly home with parents kind and dear, which for some of us was kind of fucked up. Uh, uh, what's the rest? Lead me, guide me, walk beside me, help me find the way. Has anyone else noticed that whenever I'm trying to sing old Mormon stuff, I'll actually put, I'll try to sing. I'll try to sing a little bit okay when I'm singing not that stuff, but I... I try to sound like the 75-year-old women that sat around me in church when I'm, teach me all that I must do to live <laughs> with the him someday. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. always a lady that stood next to me in church that she, she sang like she meant it, but I wish she hadn't meant it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop meaning it so much. Yeah, I got you. Um... I have an, uh, Shalev Baysia says, I have had an abusive person tell me I need to accept their apology because they've forgiven me for things, but she can never give examples of them. Um, it doesn't matter anyway. It's right, not even a if she could. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if I, no, if it's I, not a situation. if you forgave me for forgiving, for, uh, finishing off a bag of chips that I shouldn't have, that's not quite the same of, decades of being warned i don't care if they even if they had a list even Fuck if the, the situations were goddamn identical yeah even if they were, if, if i punched jimmy in the face and then jimmy punches me in the face and both of them are unprovoked for whatever reason but i don't think that's possible because one of us would have had to punch first anyway let's say they're both unprovoked i punch him he punches me if i choose to forgive him that doesn't mean that he has to forgive me that's his individual choice that's not up to me. It's not up to anybody else. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Somebody forgiving you, you can't weaponize forgiveness to a list. Right. Oh my 
uh, that's no, sorry. If if you if you if they really forgave you, it shouldn't even matter to them whether or not you forgive that if they're a personal choice. Forgiveness is about the individual, not about the person that they're forgiving. Or the, it's not about uh, it. The context of this next one um, doesn't make sense. I almost think somebody's trying to get me to say, like, fuck you to, like, one of their friends or something. So I'm going to skip that part and just go with the Mike Mick says, love you, Shannon and Land Daddy, and then says in a separate one that you, Shannon, are gorgeous and that they love you and uh, apologies to Paul. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> uh, he forgive, he'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mandate it. <laughs> Tell him he has to. Uh, Gabriel, maybe it's Gabriella Durham. Durham, okay, short A. So Gabriel, Gabriel Durham. Short A, Jimmy Do, as in Apple again. Again. Well, that's hard for me. Apple to me is Apple. Again is again. So you said A as in Apple and again, I think you must be British, so you think it's Apple, perhaps? And again, but it, so a short A, Durham. I think I've got it right. Again, love your channel. Well, thank you very, very much. Um, and it looks like, okay, so the, uh, it looks like an apology came in too. So uh, <laughs> Becca, sorry I didn't read it right. Fuck me, sorry. So this must be something that's happening down in the live chat uh, or something. Uh, and then here's the most recent one I have, and then we'll do yours. And if more come in, we'll finish mine out. Um, Dylan Fuller, what about moving on in general? My aunt keeps telling me to move on because I'm not with my abusers anymore, but I'm pretty sure it's because of my PTSD. Your aunt can't control the level to which or the speed at which you recover. You need to recover uh, uh, in a way that is healthy for you. I hope that means at some point you're able to move on without forgiving your abusers if you don't want to do that, but that you're able to live a life that doesn't have any regard for that past experience. I hope that happens for you. But if it doesn't, you're not wrong for it not happening fast enough. Your aunt can go fuck herself. Well, she doesn't necessarily <laughs> need to go fuck herself. <laughs> Sometimes that can come from a place that's a positive place, right? Like, so if I, if, if you and I, Jimmy, if all of a sudden you just shut yourself inside and didn't talk to anybody and didn't want to do your channel anymore and stop doing the things that you love. So like almost me, happens nine times a week. Like, like, like yeah. 60, like 30% of now. <laughs> yeah. 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 If, that, if that happened, I would be concerned for you and I would want you to be better than I have I've, I've been trained in better strategies for communicating my my empathy in those situations and my desires for you somebody who hasn't may feel those empathetic feelings and feel as though I've, i want what's best for this person i want to see this person that i care about you know go about their life and live and be happy and to them the best that they could do to articulate that is to say I really wish you would move on because that is their genuine wish for you. And they don't know how to help you. They don't have the tools in their belt to help you along that journey and to, and to understand that what you need isn't for somebody to tell you to be better. What you need is for somebody to provide you some sort of guidance or, or give you the tools that are required or listen or be more empathetic. 
So it may be coming from a good place, but it's the wrong approach. So I'm hesitant to tell that person's specific aunt to go fuck themselves. I mean, I'd probably tell you to go fuck yourself, but in that you situation. You would, but I wouldn't listen to you. But, uh, to me, and I could be reading it wrong, but to me it seems like Dylan is expressing that their aunt is express is exp- I'm just going to use the word twice uh, is expressing impatience with their moving uh, on, and that for, so that's why I was making it about you will do it at your pace. I hope that you can figure that out. I hope you can find ways to do it that will even speed up that pace because you're doing so healthily. But if somebody is trying to push you, push you to moving on because you're not moving on fast enough for their taste. Then, if that is the case, oh, then they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Your aunt can go fuck, her, <laughs> f- fuck herself. <laughs> then your aunt can go fuck herself. Yeah. <laughs> Eli the Bean says, "Here's this for being helpful to so many people. Thank you, Eli. Eli's so friggin' supportive. They're also a cosmic orbital, uh, an orbital cosmic pumpkin god. Uh, do you want to read yours? And I'll see if I have any more come in in yeah, the meantime. Sure. I have a few. I have one from a name that I can't conceivably read because. It's uh, in a language that I, I don't understand. But it's We're going to call hard. you Paula. Paula? Why? Why are you going to call me Paula? No, the, the person whose name you can't read. Oh, okay. Paula. Paula, <laughs> Paula sent hearts and some, and some sort of graphic that I don't understand. <laughs> and Sid sent, what do you think of offenders who have been genuinely forgiven by their victims but are still unable to forgive themselves um i think that they should do some sort of rehabilitative therapy i don't think that if somebody has gone through some sort of retributive justice or has you know paid penance and a victim has forgiven them and has made the steps to reconcile and you know the person has you know paid their penance I think it is important for people to have a road to absolution. I don't think that anybody should be just completely and totally whole cloth written off uh, because they were a bad person because people can inarguably change. They can absolutely change. They can change. But I think I don't think that they should ever forget what they did to somebody else. And I think to a certain degree, they should yeah. carry some of that with them. If for no other reason, then so that they don't fully absolve themselves and can inform their future behaviors towards people. And, and I think that they should go through some sort of serious empathy training to understand the impact of their actions towards others so that as they do go forward, they don't cause future harm to people because, you know, everybody who, here's the reason for that. Everybody who harms somebody, you can't just take somebody who harms somebody and remove them from society forever or kill them. Right. That's, that's not how it works. You need to have a path to allow that person to become better and reincorporate. And you can't do that realistically if they spend their entire life being beaten down after you know they've paid their their penance if their if their entire life 
is just them constantly paying the price over and 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 over again until the day they die. But like they'll never contribute anything to society and they'll continue to transgress. So I think that there should be a path for them to become better people. I, I want to ask you in regard, basically a question along those lines in regards to my own situation, because I, I think I have similarly with parts of my past moved on without mm-hmm. forgiving myself for things because in a way, like I, I almost don't, I, I almost can't understand the person I used to be because we mm-hmm. feel like so distinctly different characters that it's more like a memory of someone I used to know than a past self. Uh, And because of that, it's almost like, to me, that person did those things and I find them unforgivable. And I almost don't, I almost wouldn't want to try to work to forgive those things because if I, uh, I feel like by holding them up in that place where I've moved on but haven't forgiven them, it kind of puts up almost a mental barrier that prevents me from slipping back into old patterns and old habits and into becoming that person again. Uh, and so right. for me, in the same way we've said, like, you can you can move on from somebody without having to forgive them. I wonder what you think of the idea of I can also move on from something that I might have done in my past that I personally find unforgivable and some of them are like some of them are really little silly things those things that make you feel bad all over again when you remember them like uh uh, one time i implied that a teacher of mine was a nazi only to find out that uh their parents or grandparents one of them had died in the holocaust and like felt terrible about it and every time i that memory comes back up you get that like guilt feeling back in your and so that's one that i guess i haven't forgive myself on, but that's certainly on the less serious end of things, uh, of, of things from the past. So what do you think of that idea of moving on without forgiving yourself in the same way we talk about moving on from when somebody else transgresses against you, but you don't forgive them? Okay. So I think that it's perfectly okay, but it, it all depends, I guess, on your conceptualization of forgiveness, which is an important component to this. So if you see forgiveness as excusing behavior or absolution of behavior um, or validating a behavior, then it wouldn't be healthy to forgive yourself if by forgiving yourself, you're finding rationalizations for why your behavior was acceptable, if that's, if right. that's the way that you but if forgiveness to you means, and this, this goes for victims too, and this is why it's a very individual process and it, it has to do with the needs of the person and how they wanna progress. But if you see forgiveness, for example, as allowing yourself to let that component of you go without continuing to punish yourself for the transgressions that you've moved past, that you feel as though you've uh, recognized and and have worked to overcome, then it would be beneficial because allowing yourself to move past that and become a better person isn't the same as forgetting why you're at this point to begin with or excusing 
what you had done previously. Does that make some sense? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's not like looking back. And I, I hope I wasn't trying to give off the impression that I'm saying like, I haven't been able to convince myself that telling a Holocaust surviving child or a, a child of a Holocaust survivor that they're a Nazi, like, I forgave myself. So now I think it's OK. And I actually see why the joke was kind of funny. Like none of that. It's uh, yeah. it's literally just the like. That person who did that, who is technically me, that was fucked up. Shouldn't do that again. And again, I'm using an example of something that's minor compared to other things in my Sometimes uh, um, forgiveness can just be a recognition that a transgress is a transgression that took place is recognized and understood as a transgression. So my conceptualization of forgiveness, for example, is if somebody does something to me and is remorseless in in regard to that transgression, I'm I'm not gonna grant them forgiveness because they're not recognizing the damage that was done. They're not demonstrating empathy. They're not showing me that they have any recognition for the effect that their actions have upon me. Now, if somebody demonstrates to me that they have a, a regard for how, how they're behaving affects me and other people, and they're willing to incorporate that regard going forward, I'm willing to forgive them so that they can progress and be better right. people that you know like i'm willing to grant that to that in most instances because i'm an empathetic person and it's important to me that other people be able to progress that's just a component of who i am but that doesn't mean that it's necessary and but it, and it also doesn't mean that it's it's wrong so withholding forgiveness from yourself could be a form of self punishment that holds you in a cycle and if it's holding you in a cycle that's pre preventing you from progressing because you continuously feel the need to punish yourself for things that happened in your past that you can't change, then in those instances, I would think incorporating the idea of forgiveness, not as a mandate, but just as something that's worth consideration might be beneficial. And once you figure out what your conceptualization of forgiveness is, and like, and like I said, again, it's a very individual process. That right. makes sense. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. I got you. I got you. Thank you. That was a good conversation. I appreciate that. I think that may have been valuable to some people too. So Fred Harvey said, forgiveness is mandated to protect the abuser, who is often a member of the church or congregation, and the faith must be protected from protected, I'm sorry, from bad publicity. I think that that can be the case sometimes. It go, speaks towards what Jimmy was mentioning earlier with his family, where it's uh it's a matter of protecting the group at a uh, at a detriment to the individual. Do you have right. anything to contribute to that one, Jimmy? We don't go to the police. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Narvardia, previously Godless Strahan, who's uh, Nar Narvardia. I'm trying desperately to pronounce that. Who I adore. It is one of the pumpkin posse in Australia. Shannon, here are so here's some moolah for being awesome. I wish I could send you photos of puppies and kittens right now. Oh, bless her. She's so sweet. Uh, Azula Spencer, and I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your name, Azula. Hey, Shannon, thanks for all you do. Keep being awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Azula. I very much appreciate you. Vandy said, hi. <laughs> Shock. I'm shocked. Shocker, right? <laughs> I'm shocked and what? I'm astonished. <laughs> right? What? <laughs> Complete this brand new information. And then uh, Jenny Love said, I thought I'd never be able to forgive my dad, 
But it turns out the woman he was seeing at the time was trying to turn him against me. We're okay now. Well, I'm very, very glad that you came to that place, Jenny Love. I've, I appreciate that that was what was beneficial for you and that you were able to, to do that and, and move forward and that you have a good relationship now. So, Jimmy, did you have more that you have to go? That's it for me. That's all of my yeah, super chats. I think I got a couple more that came in. Thank you, Thank um, you everyone supporting the channel i appreciate you modest bad thank you mike mick have you seen the hail satan documentary loves i've not have you oh well, i have not i didn't know that there was a thing called a hail oh. satan documentary let's check yeah. it out i'm going to the doctor tomorrow to this is from jackie's place i'm going to the doctor tomorrow to check for ms or frontal lobe damage it's not extreme yet it's but it's still scary watching your vids has helped me get through the days dealing with this thanks i'm really glad uh -oh. you find some peace and stuff here i'll let you speak to the uh because you can speak from experience to the MS. Yeah, I have progressing remitting multiple sclerosis. That's a, it's a almost secondary progressive. Um, don't be scared. It's different for everybody. To give you a little bit of my story, to, which may help, I was diagnosed with something called transverse myelitis when I was, oh gosh, in my 20s, my mid to late 20s, which is lesions on the spinal cord and the myelin around the spinal cord, and that uh, progressed to lesions in my brain when I was in my early 30s. And I've been diagnosed with MS for almost, I think, five years now. I think I was 33 when I was diagnosed. Uh, but I've been mitigating it through, you know, exercise, diets, and and I have not yet started a course. Of medication and there are days when it's not great but thus far for me it's something that is manageable that's not to discourage you from going on medications please if you feel like that's the course that you need to take do it talk to your doctor it just wasn't the course that i felt was initially best uh for me i wanted more follow-up mris but yeah so don't be scared you can live a very long and productive life uh, with multiple sclerosis, but there, I'm not going to lie, there are going to be some, some things suck. Some things suck a lot. <laughs> also, somebody on your friends list is almost definitely an asshole, and if it does turn out to be that, they're going to try and sell you essential oils. Punch them oh, in yes, the face. Absolutely. You will get so many videos with the cure for MS. Yeah. So many. <laughs> it's amazing. Apparently just lavender. So a little bit of lavender and you're just cured. Oh yeah, somebody in England found the cure for MS. Like uh, that video gets sent to me monthly, monthly. And it's, and yeah, it's some kind of MS. like fish brain, right? I don't even remember. I, I, I've never actually watched the video. It's oh, the same video and over, 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 over. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Uh, first of all, there are people who are very surprised because you just basically aged yourself. They're very surprised at your age. They all said that- I'm uh, 37. At least one person said that you look my age, which I don't know if that's a compliment to you or an insult to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which way that one's going. Uh, oh, I got a couple more last moment ones. Mike Mick says, diff in identifying has TST Satanist versus atheist. I don't know what that meant, but you can email me if you were abbreviating a lot and uh, tell me. 
dearmrathiest at gmail.com. The philosophy guy, I've been following your journey. Just want to say thanks for motivating me to begin my own. Very, very cool. Uh, I'm about to start a new journey that is extremely intimidating. Uh, and so make sure everybody is subscribed to Jimmy Snow. What do you know? 20,000 subscribers uh, before the hard launch. There were a few like videos here and there, and I think I only have one listed right now. Uh, that experience I had with the, the them sending a child from the Jehovah's Witnesses to my door, but uh, that's uh, that's it. Uh, anyway, this has been this. I I, I was going to say tremendous fun. However, a lot of it was not fun, but not because of not because of it was productive and yes. not fun. Like like valuable. It was a lot like digging a ditch during the summer. Terrible, miserable work, but it does. A, uh, it hopefully does a lot of good. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, somebody found this beneficial. Absolutely. I, I really, really hope that. And Shannon, take care of yourself. Why don't you remind people where to find you, and then we will, uh, we will, we will take it. We will head on out of here. Uh, I have a channel called Shannon Q, and. It's, it, I'm assuming there's a video link in the description, so you can click on that, or you can just search Shade and Q. I'll come up. It looks like this. It's my face. <laughs> I'm a little more duck left <laughs> in the picture. Uh, and I talk about the intersection of psychology and faith and engage in complex conversations uh, about topics with people who are generally diametrically opposed to my position, or I talk about concepts and topics that people generally avoid having conversations uh, about because they're they're difficult to contend with but some of them are important and valuable so like this one so i try to i try to run at those conversations to see if there's any way that i can can help and contribute very cool so, yeah, that's who thank I am. you thank you so much shannon for for coming on and chatting and hanging out thank you to everybody who watched it is well past all of your bedtimes so it is time to go to bed as soon as I get this thing ready to go. Okay, there it is. Uh, uh, it is time for bed. Everyone, sleep well. Up. Oh, I got two <laughs> really last moment ones. Uh, Mike Mick, uh, this is really better for Ky the show Kyle do with Kyle, but he wrote beta, LOL, amazing, because that's the thing that Kyle and I like to yell at each other like we're incels. Eli the Bean says, it's not drama, it's trauma. That was something I said yesterday in my uh, uh, patron uh, video call. We were talking about things in the way that sometimes things that are rough and going on. I think we we're actually talking about this video we were going to do the way people will treat trauma like it's drama. And so I yelled, it's not drama, it's trauma. And I now have, people want that on a shirt. I got two more really last minute ones too. Is it okay. okay if I read them before I yeah, go? Let me, let uh, me get this. I, I got one more real quick and then I, go for it. How do you, how do you feel about forgiving someone who doesn't remember the events? I think she brings up things in the past and don't remember current things she does. Uh, nobody is entitled for any reason to your forgiveness because your forgiveness is a step in your, if you decide to issue it, is a step in your journey and what you're going to do. And the fact of the matter is, is whether they remember it or not, their transgression still came from them. They are the kind of person who does that kind of thing. So whether or not you forgive them should be a part of your own decision making. Basically, if you're anytime you're asking, what do you think about forgiving somebody who insists that you must for reason X, I reject the concept of an insistence of forgiveness. Yeah, I that agree. Me. I agree with that. I think forgiveness is a self-directed process and it's completely and entirely 
up to the person whose decision it is whether or not to forgive. And it should never be an imperative imposed by anybody else or mandated because it's not up to them, didn't happen to them, it's not their decision. And they should not have any investment in the decision that you make in that regard. Yeah. Aside from supporting you, if they care about you, in whatever decision you ultimately make. And yeah, and helping you along your journey, whatever that might look like for you, because it's yours, not theirs. Uh, so, Kaylin Van Conant, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your name. If I email you my story, Shannon, will you read it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I read all my emails. I don't, uh, I've, I've been a little awful with responding to some of my emails lately because I've been so busy, but I'm, I'm hoping to get back on it starting like next week. I can go through some of them. So, yeah, I'll be away for some of this weekend, but please, yeah, do send it to me. I'll definitely read it. Uh, and the thorn in my side said withholding forgiveness can also be a form of holding power over someone who you could forgive in time. Uh, I, withholding forgiveness, I suppose, if forgiveness, if your forgiveness is something that that person wants or desires and the reason that you're withholding it is solely to to manipulate them because you're right. withholding something that they desire then that's something you should investigate about yourself because that's unhealthy pathology that's really unhealthy manipulative pathology because at that point it's not about whether or not you actually want to forgive the person and find some sort of reconciliation or um some a form of of release that allows you to move on. At that point, it's about what type of social power you can exercise because of the situation. And if if you are a victim of a crime, if you are a victim of a traumatic crime, and your primary concern is is wielding social power uh, in order to harm the person who has harmed you, then I think that forgiveness should shouldn't be something that you're in the realm of considering at that moment because you have other things that need to be deal dealt with from a mental health perspective yeah uh as your coping mechanism for trauma could be could be um some form of of retribution that that you're enacting as opposed to dealing with the trauma itself you may be attempting to enact punishment or elicit pain from another human in order to to you know get back at them and 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 feel as though now you're in power and and right. those aren't pathologies and that's how that's actually how abuse perpetuates right so that's not to me that's not so even withholding forgiveness it's withholding a declaration of forgiveness my yeah. the thing i would worry about is it's not it's not up to you to tell somebody that that's what they're doing either. If that is what they're no. doing, unfortunately, they have to identify that. And I think there are definitely people who are out there who are going to, uh, who would who would use a statement like that if, if, if just universally agreed with, like, sure, that can exist. It's not your place to go uh, uh, unless you have good, <laughs> unless you somehow have a professionally backed reason, and in which case it still wouldn't be your, your uh it wouldn't be your opinion on it that matters. It would be the opinion of, say, a therapist or something. Uh, uh, if, if It's not your place to tell somebody that they are weaponizing the withholding of forgiveness because it may be the case that they just cannot forgive you for it. 
Um, yeah, no, I would never say I would never ever endorse you making that accusation against anybody. Period. Full stop. Because you have absolutely yeah. no idea what's going on in their head. I was speaking more so from in this scenario that it was the that the person knew that this is what they were doing, or right. you know, was engaging this sort of behavior on on purpose. You know, what you should do from an introspective perspective, uh, you should. You're, even if you are a mental health professional, you still can't read somebody's mind until somebody is forthright with what their motivations are, uh, or or a little more implicit if, if they can't be explicit with what their motivations are. That you can you know prod that out of them so that they can self-analyze, which is the point of the therapeutic process. You shouldn't levy those accusations because a they may be false, and b in my experience, just lev- levying accusations against people isn't the best way to get them to be introspective and contemplate things usually going to shut them the hell down. They'll go on the defensive and that behavior will just entrench itself because they'll dig in their heels in a lot of the, in a lot of instances. Shannon, does your shirt have green leaves on the sleeves? Oh my God, it does. Is it going purple? Yeah. I just realized it's just going right through. Uh, Talking Ape says, wise men say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Can't think of a better uh, uh, sentiment to end on. Go to bed, everybody. It's past your bedtime. Good night. Well, Shannon's twerking. Now Jimmy's twerking. But if you take a look at information, you could imagine witness through passion. If you want to last in this massive universe, gotta take action. It's you the worst. Handouts do not stand out and it might pan out, but you still won't have a pot to piss in. You want to know what confidence is? Dominance when you think about who you really are. Embrace it and take it with open arms. That's how you get there, how you win. So allow it in. What you got to lose? Just be yourself, my guy. Father. I'm Jimmy Snow, Mr. Atheist, wasn't my father.